So please tell people a little bit about your theater company and how you started it and what was the, the, the genesis as to why you created it. Okay. Well, I am the executive director of the New African Grove Theater Company. Uh, the company was actually started by myself, Nick Starr, and Cynthia Williams. Um, the origins of the company stem from the fact that us three would see each other um, in productions. Uh, I would see Nick in a production over here in Marietta, Cynthia's directing the play in uh, Decatur, uh, they might come see me somewhere in Atlanta, and eventually we got a chance to actually work together in a, in a show. And, and we really felt good about, you know, the relationship, it worked well. And that same theater company uh, wanted us to do another show the next year, and we did. Uh, and and it, it was, again, it was really good. So the next year, they wanted another show, but they didn't really want the kind of show that we wanted to do. Uh, and at that time, we kind of looked and said, okay, you know what, we get to do the Black show or the show with some Black people in it for these white theaters uh, about once a year. So if you, if you got three or four in your quiver, you can probably work all year, but right. you know it's kind of once a year. Why don't we just do our own thing so yeah. that it can be every show yeah. could be a show that we could possibly be in. Every show could be a show that could possibly include us. And that was kind of the genesis of New African Grove Theater Company is let's do, let's do a black community theater company, just like they have white ones. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so how's it, so how long have you guys had it? And you mentioned two people that I know and that are just phenomenal human beings. How yes. long has it been around? We, uh, we incorporated in 2009. So we had our first show in 2009. Wow, 2009. So tell me some of the shows that you put on, that you guys have put on over the Ugh. number of years. Just a couple of the highlights. I know you- Okay, yeah, it, it, because it, it's been a, a zillion shows. Let me try to get uh, get to some real favorites. Well, first of all, we have done the complete August Wilson cycle, wow. which was one of the one of the big goals of the company when we started. First show we ever did was an August Wilson play, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And eventually we did all 10 of the plays that comprised the American Century Cycle. So that so that was really good. That's great. Um, we've done some world premieres. Uh, one, of the, one of our most prestigious world premieres was um, the world premiere of legacy by Dr. Carlton and, and Barbara Mollette. Mm -hmm. So to be able to put on um, their play, and and we did it months before uh, Barbara transitioned. So she got to see that play before she left us. Wow. And, and so and so that was one of my kind of big highlights. Bill Harris is another uh, playwright that I have admired out of Detroit and he entrusted us with the world premiere one of his plays really? so we've done some world premiere of some some 
legendary playwrights, and that's been wonderful. We've also done a lot of emerging playwright work. People wow. who, um, uh, Cynthia was our playwright in res residence. So we've done some of her shows. Uh, Mary McCallum out of Nashville. Wow. Uh, we did her show, Hunger in Paradise, which was about the Tulsa riots. Um, and, you know, uh, Cynthia's show, we was selected for the National Black Theater Fest. Oh. We performed there, which was, you know, one of the big highlights. It's, it, it's been awesome. an, an interesting journey. That's awesome. How many would you say you do a year? You do, like, I don't know, a few, how many shows? Well, before COVID, before we got into this big downturn, we averaged about four a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. For those of you out there that don't know how much it takes to put on one show, Putting on four shows is a big, big um, enterprise to do. Right? It's, it's a lot of work to do. So I'm, I'm very thankful for what you and the founders did. A lot of times, the story you just shared, I hear so many people, Keith, who say, well, I'm waiting for this person or that person to give me the green light to do my work. And a lot of times that green light may come sometime down the road, but sometimes it will never come. Um, but what you guys did about saying, hey, we're just going to do it what's on our heart. Yeah. Not, not only was it great for yourselves, but for all of the actors and patrons who came to us. Yeah. That, that, that's so amazing. If someone was starting one today, right? So, some, so I'm sure you learned a lot of lessons along the way. Yeah. So if someone was starting their own theater company today, what is a few bits of advice you would give them? Okay. Well, the few bits of advice would be, A, start with low production value, but good talent. Right. Don't, don't get it twisted. It's spend a lot of money on production value and have a, a low quality show. It's, it's the show, not... What do you mean, like the, the stage is flying around, making all kinds of stuff? Exactly, but but the, but the people are, but the story is weak and the right. actors are weak, yeah. but, but it's beautiful, it looks good. That's right. Uh, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, get yourself some simple scripts, some simple production value, and find your voice, find out what's passionate for you, what you need a, a why that drives you. If you're just doing it just to be doing it, or you're just doing it because you think you're gonna make a lot of money, then I, then I would advise you not to do it. Right. But if, but if there's something that you need to say, then say it in, in the simplest way possible, starting off. That would be my advice. Yeah, I think some people, Back to your point about it being from the heart. Uh, a, a lot of times we'll do stuff or we'll see stuff. And you and I being in this world, like we can see like two seconds when you go to a show, mm -hmm. whether this show was from the person's heart or whether there was another reason they created it. Mm -hmm. and, and so that bit of advice is so poignant Keith, in regards to making sure that you're doing it from your heart. Your heart. I know you're also an actor, right? You've been in many things that you've, you know, so tell us a little bit about that. I love multifaceted people like myself. So tell us a little bit about your acting journey. 
Well, um, <laughs> I started acting as a child. So at this point, I am 62 years old. I have been 62. acting. Yes, 62. Wow. And I've been acting wow. for 50 years. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, they, can't tell, they can't tell easy about our age and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It can be hard. And if I, if I black up, I can get myself down to about, about 50, 48 if I black up. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing this for a long, 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 long time. Uh, you know, more than a whole lot of the people I work with have even been alive. Um, I kind of I got into it because as a child, I I read fast. I, I could read at a very, very young age. I don't even remember not reading. Um, and I had a really good memory. I can remember words well. Mm-hmm. And I had absolutely no sense of stage fright. I, I still don't. I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't like bragging. It's just I don't know what it is. I never felt that. I never felt nervous in front of people. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a child, I wasn't. So they would always use me for little plays, church plays, school plays, whatever, because I was always crazy enough to do it. <laughs> so that's kind of how it got started so like the same question I asked you about some of the productions that you've done can you tell us a, maybe a memorable piece of work that you've been involved in as an actor okay well uh, again you know it's, it's been so many plays so many things but probably one of my favorite roles was a role uh, there's a play called Louis and Ophelia written by Douglas Turner Ward out of the Negro Ensemble Company. And Mary McCallum and I toured that play uh, in 2011, 2012. Uh, We toured that play around. And that was just really one of the best experiences because I really loved the character a lot. Um, I loved showing uh, an African-American couple just wrestling with being together and uh without the sensationalism that you that you have in a lot of the other plays i know what you mean by sensationalism you know the oh you got a girlfriend over here oh here comes the here comes the illegitimate child oh you know just the just the drama the Gary Springfield-like drama that they generally will put up on the stage. What about people who just don't have all that drama? What about people who are just making it and and going through the little things of life that we all go through? And, you know, and that's relatable. You're exactly right, because there's drama that comes in all kinds of forms. Yeah, it's all all drama. It's, It's all drama. You are so right. There, there really needs to, there should be, and there I know there is, that's an expansion of thought because every single one of us, Black people, Americans, we all got drama. <laughs> and it's just what type of drama is it? Yeah. And so, so let me ask you, when you get a script in front of you, in front of you and you're to like read through it even before you start the role, what is something that you see in that script 
that if, when you're reading it, that makes you get excited about the character when you're reading through a script? Uh, excitement to me is when you, you have a character that will say things that I've always wanted to say. So the character is saying something that Keith Franklin would love to have been able to say at some point in his <laughs> that, that always excites me. Uh, uh, when, a, when a playwright puts uh, words in the character's mouth that a lot of people would like to say but would never say, that also is, is exciting. Uh, I reflect back to, for instance, um, when Troy and Rose are having their uh, come to Jesus conversation in Fences, and Troy has been seeing this other woman, and Rose yeah. says to him, I just want to know if you, you know, you're going to keep seeing her. And Troy essentially says, you know, I can't give that up. That is, is uh, I've never heard anybody say something like that on stage. Usually, yeah. you, you try to vilify this person and, and make it black and white, but it's just not, it, it, it's murky. And that's, yes. life is murky like that. It's not black and white. So that's yeah. what excites me. Yeah, life is just gray, you're so right. There are things that we all just, you know, that when we encounter this, this, this view of making it legalistic, like one thing or the other thing, and that's just not how any of our lives work. No, and, and so you yeah, I love that kind, of, and I also love to your point about the comment you made about fences, is that sometimes the message is in what wasn't said. That yeah. if something was said, but then there's something that wasn't said at the same time, and that to me is very compelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, if the if the character or the play stretches you and and makes you ponder and and puzzles you then that's good work if it just reaffirms what you already think reaffirm what society already says then that's just a, that's a sermon that's not a play that's exactly right you know i have this opinion and maybe those of you who are out there who are listening to this now or in the future that when i go to a play or even watch a movie if the story is provoking that makes me want to have questions yeah. about things afterwards or have a debate with someone who was with me about what was happening and how they perceived the risk. To me, that's like, that's like good. That's how we human beings tell good stories. If it was just black and white and all everything's wrapped in a bow and it's over, that's not as compelling. I mean, sometimes that's okay, but to me, that's yeah. not a story as having a real compelling thought like that. Yeah, that, that is, uh, in general, and and this is why I think New African Grove is not the most commercial thing in the world. People are kind of emotionally lazy. They don't really want to move, be moved. They just kind of want to be tickled. And so you have a tendency to watch the same things over and over again. That's why there's a... Um, uh, what is it? Um, the car, the car movie, or the Rocky stuff? What? That's why there's Rocky Twelve because yeah, yeah. we know what's going to happen. 
We don't have to. We're not. We're not going to be challenged. That's awesome. I, I I have to remember what you just said there. People don't want to be moved; they want to be tickled. <laughs> that is so appropriate. <laughs> It's so appropriate. You and I have probably been in those rooms where people are talking about things that they dig and love and what kind of show or or um, movie or TV show that they dig. And I'm now going to start to see how much of this stuff of people are just getting tickled yep. <laughs> or, or how many of it is really moving them. Because I think the, one of the things that makes us want to get tickled sometimes is that to your point about us being lazy in regards, sometimes you just want to see a show that this makes it go, all right, I saw this eight times already. I'm good. I need to see it the ninth time. But I don't want my mind to be having to work. <laughs> watching yeah. Show. It, yeah. <laughs> I want to be laying in watching the show. And, 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 and your it, career. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, see, you, you, you had a thought there. I want to make sure I get that. No, I was just going to say, and, and I do understand that the stresses of life, especially stresses of African-American life in this country, would cause you to want, you know, make you want to seek escape sometimes. See, yeah. you, you just want to turn it off for a while and just That's escape right. this world and be in a different world. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that in, in general or in moderation, but if that's the only thing you ever do, then it, I don't see any growth in you. You won't grow as a person. You have that's to- That's the reason why people people dug sitcoms, right? In the, in the past. I mean, exactly. Like it, it, it's candy, it's mind candy. People love to go see the Medea movies, regardless of what Medea's doing, because they know what they're gonna get. <laughs> they know exactly. They're going to be tickled quite a bit when they go and yeah, see it's that. mine candy, and and and, and candy is good. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not knocking candy. It's good. I like to be. I like sometimes I do like my own escapism as well. You know, I I like things that people don't like. For example, I like superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but most of them. And so because mm-hmm. that's escapism for me. Because it's like all right, I'm going to a whole other world. I ain't got, you know, I'm going to be on some other planet. Yeah, we, so we, we need to escape this world. Every now and then, exactly. recharge. Especially, especially what we go through, you know, all Americans are going through some level of trauma, some yeah, legacy, exactly. some legacy of the DNA. It's all in all of us, whether you're white or yeah. black. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's in mm-hmm. every single one of us, and so that creates a lot of strife amongst us sometimes. But exactly. we do, have, exactly. we do, we do sometimes get together on things. You know, I have to say, for a country that's really wacky and diverse when it comes to, you know, 50 states battling about stuff all of the time, and inside of those 50 states, people are battling about different things. But when stuff happens, we really sometimes can pull it together. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, we really can. Yeah. Over your career, who's some mentors for you, Keith, that you can recall? Okay, well, there are different kinds of mentors for me. Mm-hmm. There are people that have inspired me in general. Douglas Turner Ward is a person who has inspired me in general because he's an actor, director, uh, artist, director type, uh, very much like me. So he, he's been a great big inspiration. Uh, and on a personal level, Kenny Leon and the late Carol Mitchell Leon were very, very inspiring. In fact, I had taken a 10 year hi- hiatus from theater 
uh, from my early 20s until my very, very early 30s, I didn't do any theater. But uh, I had worked with Kenny uh, before when we were both young, young, like we were both in our 20s. Right. Or, or or teens twenties, I've worked had worked with him, and um, every time I would see him, he would encourage me to go back to the theater. You need to be in the theater, and it was like a mantra. And I had done some work with Carol Mitchell Leon, um, and she would say the same thing. You know, you need to be in the theater. You need to be in the theater, and eventually, it just wore me down. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> that, that, that is so awesome. So what, what's what's coming up here for the theater company? Well, for the theater company, uh, we took a bit of a pause and we are our next show will be in September uh, after the Atlanta Black Theater Festival. Uh, we're doing two trains running August Wilson piece, mm. which is actually my favorite August mm. Wilson show. That's awesome. And um, I'll be doing my one of my favorite August Wilson roles, the role of Hollywood. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that because I, yeah, he's, he's a person who says a whole lot of things. <laughs> I would love that. I love to say, I love for audience to hear those words. So uh, I'm excited about that. Um, there are a group of playwrights, elder playwrights. Uh, Dr. Janice Lydell, Dr. Carlton oh, Millet, yeah. Meta uh, Anderson. You know about this project? No, I know Dr. No, Dr. There, there's a project they have, uh, Elder Igniting. And oh. so they have uh, written, like I think, four pieces and they're kind of putting them together. It's going to be a show. I, 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 the dates are toward the middle end of May like May 19th and there it's somewhere in those areas. I think it's, I think, and that, that's why I was looking for that. I think it's the 18th and 19th, but anyway, it's a Friday and Saturday in May, at somewhere in the 18th, 19th area. Um, well, we'll find it for the first Yeah, show. we'll find that. And yeah. uh, I, I hope to participate in that as an actor. So uh, is that, is that like a, like a first there's like a mini festival of different playwrights no nah, it's 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 like a it's like a show where you have four short plays so i think it's like a it's gonna still be like a two-hour show okay but you got these four short plays that comprise that two hours that how these you, that that these wonderful playwrights have written how did you hear about this this initiative well um I'm friends with the playwrights for one thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. When, they, when they started uh, talking about it, on, and they had a Facebook fundraiser, I I participated in that, and, cool. and, and through that I found out about the audition. So I put my hat in the ring. So we'll see what happens. I I think I'll be in it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, that is so important. Yeah. And the reason why it's important for those of you who are listening out there is that going back to what you said earlier, Keith, about saying things that people don't or wish to say, mm -hmm. one of the problems we have here that I've seen in the US, we got lots of great things that happen, let me qualify that, but we have a really decent amount of ageism. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah. That exists in yeah. almost every facet of our life. Yep. Whether you're in theater or arts or business, whatever it is, there's this unbelievable ageism that exists. And whereas in other parts of the world, we all know this, Africa, parts of Asia, you know, elders are revered. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're, exactly. They're, they're the people who guide us. They're the people who help to do this. And we just have this thing, like once you get a speck of gray hair in your head, which in my case is 28 years old, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, that's the end of that. And and and, and part of this, I don't want to go on a, too much of a tirade or, or a tangent, but a lot of this is that we, we have this massive marketing consumerism mindset. Yeah. And, and 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 we've used youth, which is important, and youth really drives a lot of change that we need in our lives. But when we get to a certain point, we just say, well, forget about that group of people. And that is a horrific place to be. It just really is, you know, and, and it's, it's like, for example, the oldest millennials now are like 40 something years old, exactly. <laughs> like 41 or 42 years old. And, and we and it's not the people per se it's just like this mindset of doing things so what you're doing working with uh, us who are in our you know elders and i'm, I'm putting myself in you know just, i'm putting myself on the team is that we just have to understand that the, the the knowledge and experience that we have as elders outweighs or at least balances anything that happens to us as we get older and yeah. regards to all of the older things that occur to a person. So what you're doing and what that group is doing is so well needed. And I'm sure that you will attract people of all types of ages to be participating in it, whether it's actors or others. So it's, it's such a cool thing that you do. I know by me getting you finally on this podcast, you're going to say stuff that people out there needed to hear. <laughs> people need to know that us playwrights exist and that we we run the gamut of all kinds of people, black people, older people, all of us exist. And so telling our stories, to me, that's like the way the world works, right? It's just the way the world works. Yes. We tell our stories within theater and, and politics and all of these different things. It's the way the world works. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Keith, it's, it's so wonderful to have you. I am, I'm already assuming that you'll be back in the future. I did want to share a couple of things with the audience that are out there. So for those of us who can see this, I think this may be part of the fundraiser you were referencing here earlier, Keith. So let me know if this is, I think. No, this no, 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 not that one. That, that, that's just New African Grove. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find some way to get get it to you. Oh, um, no, no worries. We'll put it in the show notes. There. Okay. So don't worry about that. Uh, okay. I just to make sure that we were able to share a couple of things that you're up to. And, and Keith and I both serve on the board of the Atlanta Black Theater Festival. I shared recently that this has been uh, an amazing honor in my life. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Keith, but I would I would suggest I probably think that you would say something similar. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Atlanta Black Theater Festival has been uh, the most like-minded organization for the New African Grove Theater Company. 
we we have such the same ethos, the same kind of mission. Uh, Tony says we must tell our stories. Right. Our tag was telling our stories. Very similar uh, thing. Yes. It's a similar mission. So, um, yeah. It's something you said in there to, to kind of tag onto this that I don't want the audience to miss is that when you were chatting a little bit ago, you mentioned that we have to make sure that we're lifting our voices. And so telling our stories, you know, making sure our stories are out there, but at the same time, making sure all of our voices are heard mm -hmm. is important. Whether, mm -hmm. you're, whether you're from Savannah, Houston, Ghana, Jamaica, New York, whatever it is, making sure that our voices are heard. I think is such an important part of our lives. Uh, and I, I have to say this, that our, our world sometimes is at this point where we, you and I probably get so much information. I actually like when it goes like days and days occur and I don't know what's happening in the world. Somebody tells me, oh yeah, did you know? that there was a thing like somebody told me this morning there's this massive flood in Fort Lauderdale and I, and I guess it's been going on for two some odd days now and I didn't even know that and obviously you feel sorry for all of that but the, the, the amount of information that we get if you let it be something you just do all day you won't do anything else exactly yeah, you, you could spend your life doing that and, and quite frankly if you consume some of this this is just a theory so if any psychologists are out there please tell me I'm wrong but if you're starting to get so many of this information, especially if you're at certain parts in your life where your brain is still getting wired, it can create trauma because it can create trauma on us. Yes. Yeah, it can create trauma. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was reminded, if you remember like last year, there was a time when China locked down their people for whatever reason, they locked the people down. And then at night you could hear these people in their apartments screaming out loud <laughs> because they couldn't, because they couldn't get out of their apartments. I was like, that is horrifically traumatizing to put another group of human beings through. Um, one of my last questions for you, Keith, and this is the one where you're going to be talking to the audience. I'm going to be off screen here for a second, is that there's someone out there who is struggling with their creative life. They have gotten to a certain point or they haven't started or they had a modicum of success and they're really beat down and they don't know where to go next. And then you're gonna to talk to them directly and give them a bit of advice. What would you tell that person? Well, the, the, the major thing I would say to you, if you are in a, a creative desert, there's a couple of reasons that you probably are in this desert. It could be that you need to pull back, uh, recharge, and reflect so that whatever it is that's in you that needs to come out can incubate and and come out more fully formed uh, rather than coming out prematurely. So it could be that. Um, it could be there are experiences that you still need to have in order to say what you need to say. Uh, I look at this thing um, with a with a long, long, long view. 
I don't know what is going on today that's going to highly impact tomorrow. I trust the process. I trust that every day, whether I realize it or not, whether I personally can see it at this moment or not, every day I'm moving more toward my purpose. Uh, so if you're here to do something and you open yourself up to do it, it will be done. And if you feel like it's not being done at this moment, it's a good possibility that it shouldn't be being done at this moment. Uh, that's it. That's great. That is so wonderful. Living in this moment, you're, you're positive in the present moment, right? Just really understanding what you have to do now. That's wonderful, wonderful advice, Keith. So if somebody wants to keep the conversation going or learn more about what you are and what you're up to, there are a few ways they could do that. Well, uh, I am on Facebook, Keith Franklin. Um, I am um, certainly uh, the New African Grove Theater Company, uh, newafricangrove.com. Um, come out to our website. Uh, you can join our mailing list there. So you can kind of see what's going on with us. Um, and, and that's it, just keep your ear to the ground as far as black theater. And keep listening to people like Winston who will, who will push you out and show you what we're doing. Thank you, brother. I, I really do appreciate that. I, I believe in every single one of us. So whether you're listening to us today, chat, or you're listening to us down the road, we we believe in you. Still telling our stories is what makes life great. It's, it's, it's such a fun thing to do. Keith, oh my gosh.